Humanity has recognized and commemorated special moments or sacred places by building stone monuments, right? Some examples of these famous monuments, the one are the, the great pyramids of Giza over in Egypt. Uh, who built them? Yeah, some of y'all are like, I don't really know. What, I don't want to really answer that. I'm just kidding. But some of them, they were constructed around 2500 BC, and it's considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was built primarily as tombs to hold the great pharaohs, right? So imagine like, I mean, tombstones today are expensive, but imagine that. Like, that's pretty crazy, right? So you got the Great Pyramids of Giza. The next one that sometimes people really freak out over, too, is Stonehenge, right? Stonehenge, uh, around 3100 B.C. in uh, Scotland. It's a prehistoric monument composed of large standing stones arranged in a circular pattern. No one knows exactly why they were built and what they were built for. Uh, everyone just debates, and they, they talk about maybe it's something ceremonial, maybe it's something astronomical. The next one is kind of similar, and it's in France, is the Karnak Stones, Right, the Karnak stones around 4500 BC form one of the most extensive megalithic sites in the world. They align these stones and they're believed to have had ritualistic or religious significance. Right? And it may be also, if you're uh, someone who likes to hike or maybe you spend time on the beach, you may find something like this. Katie took this picture at uh, Palm Coast, Florida. Right? So you might just walk through the woods and all of a sudden someone's built a little stone monument. And you're like, what ritualistic sacrifice did you make here? Right? But sometimes we build these things to remember something for religious purposes, cultural purposes, political, commemorative. And these, pictures, these structures were built to remember, but also to inspire people to ask, what do these stones mean? As humanity has grown over time, We've moved beyond just pure stone monuments like that. Now we, we've built great uh, uh, cathedrals and churches like Notre Dame in France or the Parthenon in Greece. Right? We've built these great monuments. We've had these great statues. Josh and I really, really wanted, since Phil's on vacation today and Phil's watching online, we wanted AI to create a, <clears throat> take an image of Phil and turn it into a bronze statue and tell you that we're going to put this outside church one day, but we thought that might be uh, send the wrong message. But... Buildings, monuments, statues, these great cathedrals. Sadie built this uh, little thing out of uh, magnetic tiles, and uh, I'm proud of that. Uh, then uh, Keely came over and tried to uh, help. And, you know, it's adorable. She tries to help, but then all of a sudden uh, this happens. And then the screaming other child comes back in, and that happens. Yeah. Did I set that up on purpose? Yes, I did. I was like, hey, Sadie, I want you to build something like nice cathedral-looking. Build a church. Healy, go knock it over. That was just for this point that I'm making today. But let's move on. Uh, in this world that we live in, we still see these today, right? Well, uh, you go to, uh, we moved beyond this, and now we're trying to capture moments. We don't live, we live our lives now by our screens and our devices, right? So how many of you have ever been to like a, a big concert or a sporting event of some sort? And the first thing people do is what now? Take a selfie or take a picture of what they're looking at. Some of y'all used to go to concerts where they had lighters in the world, like up in the eye, like this. Now it's just cell phone light that you see all over the place. We're living our lives through a screen, right? We're trying to capture moments that we're seeing. And then maybe one day when, when iPhone says, hey, you're out of storage, you have to go remove photos. You're going back through all your photos. Like, why in the world did I take that picture? Or you look at another one, it's like, oh, man, that was such a cool day. That's such a cool moment. And you look back and remember something that happened. Or maybe your kids, you know, uh, Sadie is 
it's amazing how a four-year-old can figure out an iPhone. She's going through taking photos, and I'm like, how in the world did you take this photo of me, and what, what, what were you doing? And, but then she also looked, looked back over old photos and say, um, what is that? So fun example, I meant to put the picture on the screen, but I don't have it. She doesn't recognize me in our wedding photo. She's like, oh, mommy. Who's that? <laughs> like, that's daddy. No. Where's your beard? Where's your hair? I'm like, yeah, it's, that's your mom's fault. Um, just kidding. But today we live in this moment where we're trying to capture these moments to celebrate and honor and give thanks. Right? We put pictures on the wall, pictures in our church buildings. We celebrate what was happened in the past. Well, there was a moment in 3,400 years ago that caused such a celebration that the people of God wanted to remember a great moment. One of the most climactic moments in the history of the Israelites. A moment they had waited for for 40 years. 40 years prior to this moment, they were enslaved for 400 years in Egypt. And God came into the scene and delivered them in a mighty way. He crushed the Egyptians. He crushed their strongholds, but also their religious deities. And it's like, no, 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 I am the Lord your God, and I'm going to lead you to the promised land. But we know what happens as they, they come out of Egypt, they immediately met first with what? The Red Sea, this great body of water that's preventing them from going to where God wanted them to go. But God steps in, and what? He splits the sea. They go through on dry land, the waters come crashing down over the Egyptians, and they start going towards the promised land. But things are really good for about three minutes, right? They, they, they start longing for the promised land, but they're like, hey, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, dad, Dad, right, right, this whole thing, we need help, God. And God's like, I gave you food, I gave you water, what else do you need? But he goes into this time of the 40 years in the wilderness, this time of them wandering through the desert. And while we think, well, they just wander around aimlessly, this is actually a formational period of time. Because God had just ushered in a new covenant that basically said, I will be your God and you will be my people. And over 40 years, he's forming them and molding them into be who he's called them to be. And they finally get near the promised land. But their great leader, Moses, has now died. And God says, a new leader is going to lead you into the promised land, a man named Joshua. But before they can enter into the promised land, there's still one more obstacle before them. Before them was something similar that lied behind them 40 years ago. Uh, the, the, the story of the wilderness is bookended by a Red Sea and now the Jordan River. So they are standing on the banks of the Jordan River. And on the other side of the Jordan River is the land that God had promised them, the land of prosperity, the land of goodness, the land of milk and honey, right? And so this is where you're going, but there's this obstacle in your way. But God was going to step in and do something amazing. Joshua says in chapter 3, verse 5, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. He's going to do something amazing among you. And he says, I want you to do something for me. Because what God is going to do is to reveal who he's always been, who he always will be. So he has the priests take the Ark of the Covenant, the very vessel that carried the law of God and was said to be the presence of God, and he was going to move the Ark of the Covenant through their, their camps. And he says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant come, come out from your tent, come out from your tribe, and follow at a distance and follow the Lord to where he's going. Right? So he says, I want you to follow the ark as it moves before you, and you're going to come to the river, and then something amazing is going to happen. He's going to show his majesty and his might in this moment. He says, starting in verse 9 of chapter 3, he says, Joshua said this, 
Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you. So you see, he's among them, but also before them. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gagashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord on the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a great heap a distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over to Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of Jordan, and they stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. Something very similar to what happened 40 years prior. God stopped the flow of water. He split the sea, split the river, so the people of God could follow the presence of God into the land that God had promised them. Walking through, not on, through, wading through water, but walking through on dry ground, following the presence of the Lord. But yet God still had one more task for them, right? So it's not like God's going to say, okay, here's the keys to the kingdom. Y'all have fun in the promised land. Right? That's not what God did. We, we do that sometimes with kids. Like, here's the keys to the car. See you later. No, no, no. There are some restrictions. There are some tasks that still have to be communicated because God's going to show them that something needs to be done so they can remember what God had done for them in the past and today, but also to call them to something tomorrow. We see it happening in chapter 4. <clears throat> so in verse 1, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, the very water that just was parted, go into the dry ground, pick up twelve stones from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together 12 men that he appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant. When across the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them into the camp where they put them down. So God says, as the waters are dry, send 12 people back into the riverbeds. And grab the stones, grab 12 stones and bring them into the camp where you're going to stay that night because I want you to set up a monument. I want you to set up a monument for something to remember, something to look back on, one stone for each tribe of the tribes of Israel. And he says, there's going to come a day when he says, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And you will have the opportunity to tell, not about the goodness of the Israelites, not about the goodness of their deeds, but about the glory and the fame and the majesty and the mighty power of God. 
So it says, I don't want you to boast in yourself. I don't want you to boast in anything you have done, but boast in the power of God to deliver his people time and time again. He's like, you're going to be able to pass that story on to these people, onto your children about how God has done great things and how God is doing great things and how God will always do great things. But imagine, put yourself in the position of these Israelites. You're standing on the banks of the river and you see this body of water before you and you know that the place that God has promised hundreds of years earlier is just right there. It's almost in reach. But you're standing there because on the banks of the river that you're on the side that you're on, behind you is 400 years of slavery. Behind you is 40 years of wandering and disobedience and rebellion. But it's also marked by good things. God's provision, God's glory moving amongst them, God's presence falling on the mountain and filling up the tabernacle. But one chapter of their story is coming to a close. And one chapter is beginning as they step into the land of blessing in goodness. They can look back and see the pain. They can look back and see the, the, what has happened before, what God has done, but now they can begin to look forward into who God was calling them to be. As one chapter closed, they can say, this is who we were. As one chapter begins, they can say, this is who God is calling us to be as a people of God. One of the things I want you to hear today is that we must all live in continuous gratitude of what God has done but also anticipation of what he is going to do. We must always live in continuous gratitude of what God has done, but also anticipation of what he's going to do. And I believe this will help us understand who we were and strive towards who we will be. But when I say who we will be, it's not according to our standards, not according to our desires, but according to what God has called us to be as his covenant people today. So today we find ourselves not on the banks of the Jordan, right? None of us are getting ready to cross over a a mighty river into a new promised land. But we do find ourselves today commemorating the closing of one chapter, the closing of the chapter of 2023, right? Nothing magical happens at midnight tonight. You know, remember, we we learned that at Y2K. Nothing's going to change tonight. Y2K was a tragic moment back in the early days, way back at the the end of the 1900s for some of you all. Um, (laughs) But nothing's going to change at midnight tonight, right? You're going to watch the Dick Clark special. You'll see Ryan Seacrest cry, and uh, you'll see the ball drop, and you're like, oh, yay, and then you're going to go to bed. It's about it. Or like most parents, you're going to go to bed at like 9 o'clock. Um, it's life goals right there. But nothing really changes, but when we do see at New Year's, it allows us the time to look backwards. It allows us the time to reflect over what uh, God has done what we've seen as a family. You know, sometimes we get like Christmas cards or family newsletters of all the things that this one family has done over the last year. Or you see people on TikTok or Instagram that do like my wife who do like the one second a day video. And we get to capture all the, the memories of one second per day of the last 365 days. So we look backwards and we see what 2023 was all about. Now for some of us, 2023 will always be one that brings joy when we remember it. There was great moments or great milestones. Maybe you experienced just uh, utter happiness during this last year. But there's others who are going to look back and say, that was the worst year of my life. Right? That was the worst year. I only endured hardship or heartache or loss. 
Now, some of us are looking forward in anticipation, like, let's, let's go. It's a new year. It's a new day. Let's step into 2024. I got new goals. I have new ways of executing those goals. Let's make it happen. I'm going to look good. I don't need to wait for heaven to get my glorified body. 2024 is going to bring it then, right? That's what's going to happen. Like, let's go. And 2024, for some of you, is going to be, well, the same baggage I've been carrying all 2023 is going to go right into 2024. It's like, what do we do? I'll never forget uh, 2019. It was Christmas Eve 2019. Some of us in this room were actually together with 70,000 of our closest friends in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, We were gathered together for the Passion Conference, and it was a special Passion Conference because it was actually going to fall on New Year's Eve at the beginning of the conference. And 2019 was a fun year for the McClure's because we welcomed in Sadie, the little princess that we all know and love. And it was the end of that year. So it's almost like this is the end of the year of Sadie, right? You know? And we're, Katie and I are sitting there. It's Katie's first time being away from Sadie. We're down in Atlanta. And uh, the entire time during the pregnancy, we would play the song Good Grace by Hillsong, just in the car, just sing it over, uh, hoping that Sadie could hear it. And then when Sadie was born, we kept playing that song. Like, this is a song about Sadie that she would experience the good grace of Jesus, well, if you remember, for those of you who were there, we rang in the new year to the very song, Good Grace. And Kate and I are just like, <laughs> like sobbing uncontrollably the entire time. And this is a beautiful year. And we had just heard a message from Levi Lusco who said, you know, he's talking about the 1920s. And they went from 1919 to 1920. He was going to usher in the roaring 20s and big things were going to happen. We're like, yeah, let's usher in another roaring 20s. Let's have a great year. This is going to be amazing. And we closed out 2019, stepped into 2020. We're like, we're ready to go. We're inspired. We're on fire. And then we came back and this thing called COVID just smacked us in the face. Well, that didn't work. Then racial division. The political rhetoric of the 2020 election. Y'all remember those dinner table conversations with the family you disagree with? Y'all still disagree with them, and you're still having those same conversations. Grow up. And you're like, what in the world? And all we see is just hate. All we see is just trauma, and we're, we're in quarantine, and we got to act like we like each other because we're in quarantine all the time together, and it's just never, never ending. Like, what am I supposed to do? I thought this was supposed to be a brand new year, possibly the roaring 20s. Well, this is not what I expected. And it was chaos. And all that goes to say is that no one actually knows what's coming. No one can tell you what's coming. I will not stand up here and say, tomorrow, 2024 is coming. It's going to be the best year of your life because you're going to see this, you're going to see this, and you're going to see this. I'm not going to do that because I have no idea. I don't even know what I'm having for lunch today, okay? I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen after. Anyone who tells you they know what's coming, just walk away and say, nah, no, 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 I don't believe you. Uh, get off Facebook for like five minutes. You know, you don't need to listen to them. Uh, it's probably conspiracies anyway. So just don't listen to it. But we do know that there are some things that we can look at and we say, hey, I know these things are going to happen. There's a few things that we know that, you know, just in the, the election cycle is going to happen. That's going to be fun, right? No? Uh, it's going to be awful. And we're going to see that happen. We're going to see the division if you allow it to happen. We're going to see uh, the social media continue to be what it is. We're going to continue to see uh, the Middle East going like it is. We're going to see all these things. We can know those things. But what can be different is how we step into it. We can look back and say, well, see, this is who I was in 2023. But this is who I believe God is calling me to be in 2024. And guess what? It's nothing different than it was in 2023. He's calling you to be a child of God, marked by one who follows the kingdom ethic of Jesus and loves people. That's the same thing that's been called for us for 2,000 years. 
But you can say, I'm going to step into 2024 and do this. I'm going to look back and remember whether it was a good year or a bad year. I'm going to celebrate the good things. I'm going to mourn the things that were sad. I'm going to step forward and strive forward because where I believe God is calling me to. Because the same God who's been moving is moving today and he's going to continue to move tomorrow all the way up until he calls us home. But I don't want to talk now, not so just about you as an individual. I want to talk collectively as a faith family of CBC. Faith families of CBC, what can we look back and what do these stones mean when we think about 2023? Right, for some of us, yes, we're going to look back and we're going to see those who have gone into eternity before us and we're going to mourn them and we're going to celebrate their life. We're going to think back at some of the hardships we've had to endure as a faith family or just the different tragedies in our community. But what are the things we're going to look back and celebrate? Let me help you. We're going to celebrate. You all ready to celebrate? Let's celebrate. How about we look back and celebrate 32, actually 34, because I missed, one, I missed two of you all on the screen earlier, 34 new members joining CBC. That's pretty awesome. How about we celebrate the 34 baptisms that we witnessed this year as people said, I follow Jesus and I want to tell you I follow Jesus by going into the waters of baptism, proclaiming I belong to him. 34 of them. How about we celebrate the many life groups who are going to Friends Feeding Friends, going to the, God, or the Clarksburg Mission providing food, or going out and doing different service projects all over the city of Clarksburg. How about we celebrate the massive growth that we've seen in our children's ministry and our student ministries that's requiring us to build on new uh, or uh, update some of our facilities so we have space for our kids. That's amazing. How about we celebrate the over 40 children and students who went to Camp Cowan or Fuge this summer? How about we celebrate the missional vacation Bible school that we saw where 70 kids from our community came through our doors and were blessed by the gospel? How about we celebrate the after-class program, this ministry that we are stepping into alongside uh, WI Middle School that is bringing in 50 kids to come and hear the story of Jesus. And it's not just impacting them, it's impacting their families because they know their families are looking at us and saying, man, these kids, these people love our kids Let's go check it out. And they are coming through our doors and they are here because of the faithfulness of after class. How about we celebrate uh, the inroads that we now have with the school system through uh, FCA, through Young Life, where kids and students are gathering together to worship Jesus in the school system with our youth pastor and with teachers in this, in this, in this very room. How about we celebrate the various ministries of our senior adults, our men's ministry, our women's ministry, who are gathering together faithfully to encourage one another and to spur one another on to love, whether it's at Stonewall or over sushi, right? This is, people are gathering together. How about our discipleship endeavors that have allowed us to host events like Secret Church or the Global Leadership Summit, which allows us to come in and to be inspired by the Word of God and transformed, but it's not just about us, it's bringing people from our community in as well. How about we celebrate the ministry of Celebrate Recovery, which is producing transformation every single week, where we gather together monthly to celebrate people who can get another chip and celebrate another month, another day, another year of sobriety, and collectively hundreds of years of sobriety are celebrated at Celebrate Recovery. It's amazing. How about we celebrate uh, the, um, the giving that is being done here? You know, we say we're going to gather like it makes a difference, grow like never before, and give like we're never going to run out. Right, you all give faithfully to CBC all year, and then you go above and beyond in these six times a year when we do these special offerings. Collectively, over the entire year, you all gave $20,000 to different offerings. That's amazing. Whether that was to help uh, Amos Hope and Health in Nicaragua, or you're helping uh, the ministry of Keith and Debbie Myers, or you're providing blankets, or you're providing snacks, just to encourage our local teachers. 
But think about what we just celebrated earlier. You all gave $10,000 of that 20, 10,000 just to have a building for people who are worshiping Jesus in a place where it's illegal. Right? That is incredible. That's incredible. Now you might be thinking, Scott, you're tiptoeing the line of boasting a little bit. I am, but I'm not boasting in anything that we have done. I am only boasting that the Lord of God and his hand was upon this church throughout this year. And that we have strived all year to be faithful and following him wherever he's calling us to go. That when your children say, hey, what is CBC like? Or when the community says, what is CBC like? Or when, what was 23 like for our church? We're going to look back and say, you know, what these stones actually mean is that, that God was with us throughout 2023. That God was moving in mighty ways. That God was directing and calling us forward and calling us into special endeavors. Calling us to do big things. Calling us out of our comfort zone. Calling us out of our, our past and into the future. But as this year closes, we're not going to go, man, that was the best year that that church has ever had. That was cool. And do nothing. That's not what we do. Right? We don't do that. We look forward we don't have this uh, 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 subjective glory day behind us. There's only one glory day, and it's always ahead of us. It's when Jesus comes, and that's the only glory day. Any other glory day is like you as a 40-year-old still wearing your Letterman jacket from high school. It's not cool, bro. Just don't do it. Live in today. See what God is calling you to do today. We're going to look forward into 2024 and believe that God has been doing great things. Right? We just celebrated 175 years as a faith family. Right? We just celebrated 175 years of God doing great things. We can look back and say, man, God's been doing great things for all 175 of those years, not just a few of them. He's been doing great things. He's going to continue to do great things. Ever since they wrote these words in 1848, God has been good. This is the church covenant. Having been as we trust brought by divine grace to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and to give ourselves wholly to him, we do now solemnly and joyfully covenant with each other to walk together in him with brotherly love and to his glory as our common Lord. We do there in his strength engage that we will exercise mutual care for our members, one another, to promote growth of the whole body to Christian knowledge, to holiness, and to comfort to the end that we may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. And to promote and secure this object we will uphold the public worship of God, the ordinance of his house, and contribute our property for the support and the, the purposes of the maintenance of our building and the community around us, the faithful ministry of the gospel among us. 175 years ago, they said we will pursue this wholeness together. This holiness is a, and said, we're going to do so until we reach that time of perfection. Let me say something. We ain't yet there. We've not yet reached that goal. The story for the, chap the, 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 the chapter, excuse me, the chapter of 2023 is going to close up in a couple hours. The chapter of 2023 will be closing, but that does not mean the story is over. It's just another chapter into what God is calling us to do. It's great to look back and reflect on who we were, but now is the time for us to stand on the banks of that other side of the river and say, who are we going to be in 2024 as a faith family? God did, not, God did not have them set up stones only to remember the past, but also to remember the promises ahead. That God was going to move before them as he has always moved, as he always is moving, as he always will continue to move. So as we step into 2024, let's remember the words of the Apostle Paul who says this in Philippians 3. Not that I've already obtained all this 
or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul had a lot of things to look back on. A lot of hardship, but a lot of amazing things. He says, I'm going to forget what lies behind, not as a way of just forgetting them altogether, but not being confined by those, not being constrained by those, not being defined by them. He says, I press forward and heavenward. I press forward and heavenward to where God is calling me to be as an apostle. As I look forward to the call of Christ Jesus and his call that he believed that Christ Jesus was calling to was to bring the gospel to the Gentiles and to the entire world. As we recognize that we may not have fully arrived, we are not yet perfect, we must recognize the reality that that means that there's still something to do. If we are still here in 2023 on December 31st at like 1045, that means God still has work for us to do. That we as a faith family, we have not yet fulfilled that covenant. We have not yet fulfilled that great commission of Jesus. That we are still here because God is still working and asking us to participate in what he is doing. And as you hear that, maybe you're visiting today and you're like, yeah, that's really great. Good for y'all. That's not what we're telling you all to do. This is actually an invitation to you to step into what God is doing in this faith family, what we, he believes he's doing in Clarksburg, in Harrison County, in West Virginia, the United States, North America, this hemisphere, and all over the world. Because God is doing something amazing. And you're a part of something bigger than yourself. And it's a bigger role for every single person, not just the select few here. You are part of the mission of God that is spreading throughout all the world right now. So as a church, as we step from one year into the next year, we are stepping into this next chapter and with a resolution, not one that's going to fail in like four days. The resolution that we are stepping into is that we are committed to continue gathering like we make a difference. We are committed to growing like never before. We are committed to giving like we'll never run out. That we are striving to continue to be the heartbeat of Clarksburg. That we continue to be taking the gospel, not just in the community here, but all over this world. And we continue asking God, where do we need to stay? Where do we need to show up? Where do we need to ask you to do things? Where are you asking us to do things? God, where are you calling us to be part of your kingdom building effort in this world? That's our resolution. That we're going to be who God has called us to be for 175 years, and we're going to do it all the way until Jesus calls us home. That's what we're going to do in 2024. What are you all going to do in 2024? As you participate and you engage in this faith family, I'm going to ask you, will you join in the efforts of this faith family? Will you step into what God is calling you to do and the giftings that he has given you and the power that's at work within you as his Holy Spirit moves and transforms you? Will you step into your calling here? Participate here in a mighty way as we love one another, as we gather together, as we grow together. But not only that, will we step out into this community together? Because that is our hope and prayer for you, that you join God in his mission, not just the mission of CBC but in the mission of God, joining what he's doing all over the world. And it's our hope and prayer that Clarksburg, this community that we get to call home, knows that the church that's planted on this corner is in love with its creator and that they worship their creator, but also that they love the community around them, that they truly love with an everlasting love like Jesus has loved them.
It's our prayer for you that every time you come to this building, that you step in and you engage, that you worship and that you delight in what God is doing, that when you leave these doors every Sunday that you are radiating, not because you've been in our presence, but because you've been in the presence of God. That when you walk out these doors and you go to, the, you go to El Rey for lunch or you go, uh, that's where all CBC goes if you don't know, um, wherever it is that you go or you go to the workplace tomorrow, that someone looks up at you and says, man, there's something different about you. What is it? And you get to tell them about how Jesus has changed your life. Or they'll look at you and say, there's something different about you, and I think I know what it is, is that the Lord's hand is upon you. He's moving, he's leading you and guiding you. Tell me about your Jesus. Tell me about your God, and we'll see people in this community and all over the world come to know Jesus by the way you are living, by the way you are speaking, by the way you are acting, by the way you are loving your family and your community. They will see that you are truly walking with Jesus. I have, to reiterate, no idea what 2024 holds for all of us. But I do know the one who holds all of us in the palm of his hand. And I know that he's got great plans that are rooted in his overarching plan to bring the gospel to all nations, to glorify himself. And I believe, as we as a faith family, you as an individual, all of us collectively together, if we fix our eyes on him, we can live with a sense of joy that makes no sense. We can live with a sense of hope that's eternal. And we can have a love that has absolutely no conditions. And we can bless this community. And we can bless this entire world. We must live in continuous gratitude of what God has done, but also anticipation of what we believe God is going to do tomorrow and all the way into the future. I believe this helps us understand who we were and strive towards who we will be. God is doing great things all over this world. Will you join him in what he is doing? Father God, we gather here today to celebrate you, to worship you. And God, we just listed off a a numerous list of things that we've been able to see, we've been able to participate in, at this faith family at CBC over the last year. Shame on us if all we do is pat ourselves on the back and say, good for us. But God, may we simply step back in amazement and wonder and say, praise God for what you have done. And God, I know that there are people here today who are like, hey, you missed something, preacher. I did, but I pray that it's not relied upon me to be the only one who tells about what God has done. I pray all of us will step out and say, look what God else, look what else he's done for me for our church, for my family, for my school, for my friends, for our communities. Pray that all of us are the mouthpiece of God, that we're proclaiming your goodness and your mercy all over this world. And God, I pray for those here today who do not yet know you, and I have emphasized the word yet because I do believe that they will. I pray that they can look back and see that you have done amazing things in this faith family and all over this world. Oh, going all the way back to when you delivered your people from Exodus, you delivered your people through the waters, you delivered your people time and time again, but ultimately you have delivered us from the bondage of hell because of what your son Jesus has done for us. I pray that today they can look at Jesus and they can throw off the things that hinder and they can fully embrace him and follow him. So if you're here today, you've never made that decision. I pray that you Make that today. You can utter up words just simply saying, God, thank you for making me in your image. And because I'm made in your image, I have goodness and I am worthy of your love. 
But God, we confess that this image that we carry has been stained and marked by our sin. This rebellious life that we live, the constant rejection of you. God, the only, we look around trying to figure out how we can remove that stain, how we can remove this guilt, how we can remove the shame. And God, we have failed over and over and over again. But we believe and trust that you can make us whole and you can make us new. So God, we cry out to you. We embrace you. We ask that you do what only you can do. And we ask that you do immeasurably more than we can ever think or imagine. So for those here today who do not yet know you, God, I pray that you come into their lives, your spirit moves them and points them to your son Jesus, and they embrace him today. And for the rest of us, as we finish up this chapter 2023, and we step into the, the, the tomorrow of 2024, I pray that we move forward. We forget what lies behind. We strain towards the goal, the goal of knowing Christ, being made like Christ, looking like Jesus, and proclaiming his goodness all over this world. May we leave here today with a sense of urgency and a sense of purpose, believing that you have promised great things before us and for this world. God, we love you. We praise you. We ask this in your sons. Let me pray. Amen.